Welcome to a brand new year, Cinemate Lovers. That's right, not cinema lovers, Cinemate Lovers. Thank you guys for being with us through the entirety of our 2023 run. We are now in 2024, and on today's episode, we are going to be doing the first annual Cine Awards. Ooh. I'm Mike Jose Collins. That's Jake Schultz. Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Cinemate. Hola. How's it going? It's going great, Jake. What about you? I'm, I'm excited to talk about some movies that I really, really love this year. Yeah, what a fantastic year for movies. 2023 gave me some of the, a lot, a lot, I think, of my, a lot of my new favorite movies. Okay. I'm a big fan of this year. It is a good year. I, I feel like it's a strange year because there was a lot of good that my list was pretty hard to kind of put together. My list was very, very hard to put together. Like, and I rank everything. Like, literally have ranked Every single one of the films I've watched. I watched 84 movies this year. Nice. I've, I I watched a little over 60, but I cut out all the uh, stupid Hallmark movies. Good. good. So I, I got to about like 62, I think, without Hallmark movies or stupid, offensive, weird movies. I have 33 four-star films. Ooh, very interesting. So you know how muddled that gets, like four stars and up? It gets very muddled to try to figure out where everything is placed. Yeah, that and is I a say lot. This because not only are we giving the awards, we're also going to give our top tens. Yes. So our top ten best and top ten worst. We're going to start with worst first before we go into best, but we're not going to do that yet. we got some awards to <laughs> we give We got some to. awards to give out. The very first ever Cine Awards. What do you want to start with, Mike? There's a lot to go through here. we got a, a, a rose gallery of awards to go through. We do. We have uh, some just... Well, well, we each made a couple of awards. I, uh, more from an acting side, really wanted to focus on a lot of acting things. And you, more from a... I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> wanted to focus on something. Why don't we start with one of yours? Because I, I, I think these are really funny. Uh, I'm a big fan of these. So why don't, why don't you drop... Drop one. So I went with some fake awards because yes. I watch a lot of YouTubers, movie YouTubers, and some of them like to give out fake movie awards towards the end of the year, just off their personal experiences with everything. And I thought that was kind of fun. So I wanted to take some inspiration from that, and I wanted to do my own. So I'll give you one right now. This is the That Came Out Last Year Award for a movie you completely forgot about that came out in 2023. <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory. The nominees are Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I can't believe that came out last year. You forgot that came out last year, didn't you? Yeah. I forgot I watched that movie. I was like, oh, yeah, I did see that. Left no mark on me whatsoever. 80 for Brady. That came out in 2023? It did. It came out just before the Super Bowl. I can't believe that. That was the Tom Brady propaganda film. Oh, my God. It had Gronk in there. And the one thing I remember from that film that keeps me remembering it is that Gronk wrote a book in the film called Between a Gronk and a Hard Place. (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) <laughs> kind of funny. It's so stupid. Literally the only funny part. I'm never going to watch that movie. Uh, you I, might like it. I, I, we use Maddie's, uh, I think, mom's Netflix or Prime. And she was like at the end of 80 for Brady. <laughs> Why was she watching that movie? That's uh, hey, uh, grandma. That cast is stacked, man. Oh, gr- yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who's in that? Why don't you give me? Tom uh, Brady. Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. There you go. Uh, That's all you need uh, Jane in Fonda. these days. Oh, okay. I'm not watching this. <laughs> you might like it. You might like it. I definitely would not like this movie. Uh, you know a film that I also didn't like? Morbius. Morbius. Oh, that, there's no way that came out last year. That's insane. It did. Jared Leto went into theaters and said it's Morbin time. It's Morbin time, baby. Fun fact, this was the second date that I went on with my girlfriend. And it was last year? Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. Wait. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't track. No. Morbius wasn't last year, was it? No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> delete this part. Delete this part. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought yeah, 2022. Oh, my God. There is no way that movie came my, out. My years are April twenty second. April 1st. I was like, that does not track. I've been dating her for over a year. So yeah. that, hmm. Wait a second. I made a mistake. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. <laughs> next one. Knock at the cabin. This does feel like it came out last year. Okay. This one, I, I do remember it a little bit, but also it definitely got lost in the kerfuffle of movies. Yeah. It was came out in February, if I believe, or March, one of the two, M. Night Shyamalan's newest film. It was just buried. I liked it when I saw it, and looking back, I've since lowered it a full star rating. Okay. I didn't like it when I saw it, and looking back on it, I think I like it a little more. <laughs> Why are we doing that? Uh, but I think we probably fell around the same. It's not a very good movie. Dave Bautista is really good in the film, and that is about yeah, all actually, that I care about. Yeah, he was. And it's got a really anticlimactic ending for an M. Night Shyamalan film. What? He just doesn't just, do a twist. He keeps doing the same thing where you know what the twist is early, and then, oh, yeah, it, that is the twist. Yeah. Eh, I don't like that. Okay. Well, we got in two films from a Shyamalan this year. M. Night Shyamalan and his daughter's film. Ooh. A lot of Night Shyamalans coming out in the future. Maybe we'll remember those ones. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Okay. I I don't even remember this. I watched this film. It was had Jake Gyllenhaal in it. And uh don't remember anything else that happened. Guy Ritchie directed it. All right. I feel like Guy Ritchie's been doing that a lot of just kind of pumping out films that he Uh. just doesn't really leave Whoa. much of an impression he did right. aladdin and then like yeah i really don't remember these movies okay he did the gentleman oh you know what i remember the the, the posters for this everywhere yeah it's jake gyllenhaal okay yeah yeah in a war, war i thing. remember the posters for this and one. you would think that a jake gyllenhaal film would leave more of an impression because that's normally what jake gyllenhaal does in his films right. nothing nothing here but the winner okay of the that came out last year award drum roll please the sun what the sun you remember the father? Do you remember the son? Hugh Jackman. What? Yeah, you don't remember this, do you? Oh my god, yeah. This was supposed to be one of the big award contenders. Yeah, oh my god. Of the year. The follow-up. This was a flop. The follow-up to the father that won best actor at the Academy. <laughs> this debuted at oh TIFF. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, Vanessa Kirby and Laura Dern and Hugh Jackman, good performances, ruined by Zen McGrath as the kid. And when you have a film called The Sun, yep. and it's focused on the sun. Kind of need him to be good. You kind of need him to be good. And the film was not good. Yeah, a yeah, film yeah, that yeah. was the loudest jump scare in the world at TIFF was when the kid, spoiler alert, no one cares because no one remembers this movie even came out when the kid killed himself at the end of the movie. After he's like, thank you, I love you all now. I'm just going to go to the washing for a second. And then the, the mom, Hugh Jackman, and they're talking like, oh, what a, what a love look at us doing. We're doing a great job. Boom! <laughs> Literally just the loudest gun explosion in my head. Uh, yeah, no one wants to remember this movie for a good reason. So The Sun, the first ever recipient of a Cinema Award. Congratulations to The Sun. For the wrong reasons. But Which is like this movie made $3.6 million at the box office and currently oh sits at a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Sun. Awful. <laughs> awful, awful movie. Awful movie. May not be the last time you hear about it this. No. <laughs> Why don't you give me one of yours? Sure. Uh, so I went through best scene of the year. This is, a, this is okay. a word that I really had to think about very deeply. I haven't seen any of what you put down. Really? Yeah. 
best oh oh like my awards i was like i'm pretty sure we watched a lot of the same movies no I, yeah like i <laughs> we have this all in a document okay i have not seen so it. best scene award i'd like to give some honorable mentions to one godzilla minus one when they destroy the the city of ginza when that's godzilla, not on your list that that is one of my favorite movies of wow. our favorite scenes of the year i think that was a really really great scene may december the teaching the makeup scene i thought that was a brilliant scene it's a movie that both i think you and i weren't weren't necessarily as high on as a lot of other people. Okay. Um, but the, I love that scene. I thought it was truly brilliant. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, sort of the last encounter that Ernest has with, uh, what's her name? Her wife, his wife, Lily Gladstone, uh, where he denies that of, of part of doing everything. I loved that scene. I thought it was fantastic in that movie. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Spider Chase. That is uh, oh, such a great I scene. I love. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This, these are all honorable mentions. These are Ooh. these are just great. This is a, a truly great scene. Um, I think it's it shows literally every. It's kind of goofy. It's a weird gag, but it's so important to the plot of the movie, and it works really, really well. It's another big risk by a filmmaker to add something like that. It's a little cartoony. Uh, it's also and long, garden, and it's a very long it's like 15 scene. Minutes. And it's a really, really captivating scene. It's truly get that Spider Man. You get the uh, Spider Man. You get the Spider Man. Another honorable mention is Barbie. I'm just Ken. Uh, you could take also the the beginning song to this movie, and I think you could put that also the as Lizzo an honorable one. mention. Yeah, like two great scenes. I'm just Kent. It's a great performance. I love it. He's going to be singing it at the Oscars, confirmed now. He did say, is the Oscars going to pony up and pay him? Yeah, and then uh, a movie I don't think you've seen yet, Leave the World Behind, where all the Teslas crash into each other. It's just a really powerful scene. From a movie um, you hated. From a movie I did not like, but <laughs> but I have to give credit to the scene. So those are all, those are all honorable mentions. So okay. these are my four best scenes of the year. Maestro conducting the church. Yeah. One of the best scenes. Of the it's year. a good I, scene. You do have to give it that. I don't know if it would be on my list. That's but fair. That's fair. Oppenheimer, the Trinity test. Obviously. Uh, That's an- not the winner, right? Eh? Okay. Anatomy of the Fall, recorded fight. Yeah. Such a good scene. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, the train sequence. Also Or a very you good could scene. take the car sequence. These are my four. So I haven't, of these four, there is a winner. Uh, I wanted to talk about it with you. I didn't pick winners. I think that we're both on the same page. It has to be the Trinity test, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that is the best scene of okay. 20 You didn't pick any winners? It's got to be nope. the Trinity. I think it's the, No, I wanted to do it together. Yeah. I think that's the Trinity test. Thousand percent the Trinity. Yeah. I don't think there's a single scene that comes close to- it, The use of sound, the the tension that it builds, it is a testament to cinema that we got to that point. You feel it in your chest. It is- The entire time. One of the best scenes I have seen in the history of movies. Yeah. And it, that takes the best scene of the year- Award for 2023 at the Cine Awards. Rightfully so. That is a tremendous. So we're, we can get a little debate on these ones. That's good. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I want. I wanted to give my four, and then we'll talk about them. Okay. Those are. That's a good list. I like those. I think one thing I would put on there would probably be the Spider Verse scene. Yeah. Just totally. I absolutely. I love agree. that movie. But yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those. Uh, next up for me, this is the best movie you never saw award. Mm. For the best movie that literally no one saw last year. Whether it's box office, whether it's streaming, this is the list that I think are really, really good films that I think deserve a lot more attention and praise that they got. Especially for you, because I know that this list has a lot of movies on here that you haven't seen that I I, I know we, we went through as many as we could within the last couple of weeks to try to get caught up. But I think that some of these films should be on your list to add to your catch up if you have not finished. So the first one, Flora and Son. Have not seen it. John Carney's <laughs> newest film of Sing Street and Once. Yes. This is a movie I'm, I'm really want to see. I'm very excited to see it. This is probably my least favorite of these, but it is still very, very good. He gave it a nice review. I yes. do remember that. 
and uh, songs might show up at the Oscars. There so you go. Could be worth a watch there. Fair play. Uh, again, Netflix came and went. Just it's a, a Netflix lot, movie. Okay. Alden Ehrenreich, Phoebe Dynever. It's about a couple that what happens when a job gets in between a promotion and a job comes in between a relationship uh, and it's dark. It's fun. That's it's not really fun, but like it, it's got a lot of fun moments in the movie. Uh, it gets a little goofy towards the end, but I think it's a really, really strong performance from Alden Ehrenreich, one of my like most underrated performances of the year. And Phoebe Dynever is really great in that film too. Just a really solid film. Another one that you probably wouldn't put on your list, Sanctuary. Uh, echoing a lot of the same sentiments that I echo from Fair Play. Exact same thing here. Christopher Abbott, Margaret Qualley, two standout performances. A film that is just no one talks about. Came Kind of came and went. Had a little bit of a theatrical release. Not really many people saw it. Is out on streaming. Still haven't really heard too much about it. It's I got a like good market. Film. Like You could market this to a lot of people. I, th- I, think, I, think, I think people would, would enjoy this movie. Personally, I didn't like the movie, but you know, I think it does have a place in a lot of people's. I, it's a, it could be a very liked movie by a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Same with Rye Lane. That's yeah, another movie I haven't checked out that you really told me to watch. I did. Uh, really big fan of this film. Kind of has a lot of past live moments in it. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, I feel like those two work very similar. I, I just made that connection in my head right now. I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, there's some funny gags in there. Really funny chemistry between the two of them. Really low key film. Like really, really low key, and I think it works a like lot. Like Thor, like Thor four, <laughs> Thor Loki. Oh, uh, one that everyone should be checking out. But the winner of this one, drum roll, Theater Camp. It's not even hundred percent, not even close. Theater Camp is an amazing movie. We just talked about it on our last podcast. To a movie that both of you and I really love. Music fantastic, ensemble fantastic, hilarious, great movie. Yeah, I was gonna put Bottoms on my nominations. But bottoms, it's getting popularity. Did now. also do pretty well at the box yeah, office because I remember there's a stretch there where it was getting a lot. When we did cover <laughs> the box office, RIP, <laughs> uh, it was doing pretty well and was sneaking in there. But so that's why I didn't. In case anyone's going to come at me, but I thought that was a good collection of films. Is there any others that you would have added to there, or is that just what you think? Uh, dream scenario, I think. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teenage on the outside Ninja looking Turtles. in. Uh, but you know, Teenage Mutant get, Ninja Turtles got a lot of. Fan. Uh, Mario, I don't think enough people saw Oh, you're right. You're right. Definitely not. <laughs> 1.4 billion people. Yeah, that's a good list. I think Theater Camp is a solid winner. I'm very, I'm happy with that. Beautiful. Theater Camp. Next one. Uh, so I did a couple performances. So I want to go to best performance by a dude, by a dude here. Uh, some honorable mentions, Poor Things, Mark Ruffalo. Talked about it in our last episode. Mark Ruffalo is super funny in this movie. Not necessarily a movie that I enjoyed, but I was very completely able to appreciate what Mark Ruffalo was doing in this. He's fantastic in the movie. Honorable mentions. Ferrari, Adam Driver. Okay. Uh, Adam Driver's fantastic in Ferrari. He's, he just has such a presence. Uh, it's the year of the tall boy, man. Tall dudes are killing it this year. Just having a presence is super cool. Can you get another tall boy on here? Oppenheimer, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Uh, really solid performance. Uh, he does seem like he's just shooing right now for best supporting, but a lot of other movies came out, and I don't know if he's still holding that much. Uh, I think he's steam, still right? number one. I think he is still number one now. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Great performance. Classic Leo, classic Scorsese, just a banging show. Uh, May, December, Charles Melton. A performance yes. that you and I were really high on in a movie that both of us weren't necessarily very high on, but uh, it's a movie filled with tremendous performances, and Charles Melton really stands out in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is such a breakout role for him. Uh, the Iron Claw, Zach Efron. Yep. Another movie that we both think is just fantastic. And Zach Efron, this is his best performance to date. 
uh, and it's his first risk performance. Like I think this is proof of concept where Zac Efron was. Uh, you want to see him in something like this, and you finally get to, and it works. It absolutely works. I don't know. His biggest risk was bet on it in High School Musical too. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. Uh, just an absolute hug what of a, a movie. What a stacked honorable mentions absolutely list. Absolutely stacked. Uh, just tremendous. Uh, Paul Giamatti's amazing. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, and then that movie, he is just phenomenal. And he, he could very well steal that award if The Holdovers does a little bit more it's Oscar a dark campaigning. Horse. He's, he's, a dark a, horse. he's a solid dark horse. Well, go to best performances. First of all, Maestro Bradley Cooper. I know you're not necessarily as high as me on that one, but I do think that that is, could be my favorite performance of the year. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert De Niro, I yep. think, is the best choice for that movie. Mm-hmm. He was truly tremendous in that thing. Utterly terrifying, fascinating, fantastic in it. Yeah. Truly brilliant performance. Best De Niro performance I've seen in like over a decade. Very long time. Barbie, Ryan Gosling. Obviously. I think is just the funniest performance of the year and just the most committed to what he was trying to do. You could argue that the case for Bradley Cooper as well, but he was going for something totally awesome, and it pays off so well. Indubitably. Indubitably. And Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy, so, which just think speaks for itself. <laughs> what a list, What man. a stacked year for performances. Um, I think all of these are so different. Ryan Gosling is doing something completely different than everybody. Bradley Cooper is going for it and is completely committed to it. Killian Murphy is getting so much help from everybody around him, and he's giving so much back. And Robert De Niro just stands at the top of the villains of 2023. So this, you could go anyway. I think we're going to have different opinions on this one. Yeah. What about for you? Um First of all, I'm kind of a little surprised that you didn't throw Jacob Elordi on there. I really like Jacob Elordi, and he could probably go on the honorable mentions list. I just think a lot of other those I, I was more into. I think the Jacob Elordi performance. Part of the you hard, could throw it in there. The hardest part about this is that you, we lumped in actors and like supporting actor yeah, yeah, and yeah. actor together, which makes this so much harder Very because you got to be thinking about everything. I'm probably going to be leaning Killian Murphy. Just yeah. because I think that he did something that, like, he proved everyone right. Everyone that has loved Killing Murphy for so long, whether it's Peaky Blinders, whether it's his other showcases and other Christopher Nolan films, for him to finally get that big blockbuster role and, and really deliver park. such absolutely a captivating it. performance. That film probably falls apart if Killing Murphy's not there. Like to yeah, be honest, 100%. I don't. I can't see anyone as, else as great as the role. supporting cast is in that thing. He carries that entire movie, and he is putting so much, he's giving so much to other people. Yeah, so many people are putting him on their shoulders as well. Um, he is just propelled by everything about in that movie. Uh, he's he's a fantastic pick. Uh, for me, I think very different. Bradley Cooper is just the thespian of all thespians at the moment. He is just committed and just cares the most about the craft. Um, so I think as a, like a solo performance, Bradley Cooper, it would be my pick, but I think I, you have to go with Killian Murphy in this case. He is just tremendous. And the movie, he carries a three hour movie and you don't feel like it's three hours. It's a fantastic performance. So You're Killian, going Killian Murphy. Murphy? I'm going with Killian Murphy. Two for Oppie. Two in a row for the Oppenheimer. There you go. We're looking like the Oscars possibly this year. <laughs> Killian Murphy wins the best male performance of 2023 at the Cine Awards. Jake, why don't I go to your next one? I'm going to give you the, I can't believe that wasn't a POS award. <laughs> Let's go. What does that stand for? Uh, that's for a movie that definitely did not seem like it was going to be good going in, but it ended up being surprisingly fun. Got three films on here for you. And I'm going to let you, us talk about this one because I actually sure. haven't picked a winner. But oh, I think these okay. are the three. I, I have picked a winner of these three. Okay. This is the three like most likely films that I would say would be on everyone's list. 
the nominees are Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, a film that's trailer got overplayed all the time and looked like it could have been an absolute disaster because Hollywood happens to have a lot of these films uh, that come out, kind of come and go, but ended up being completely opposite. Just a really, really fun adventure film that kind of feels like a movie that we don't really get anymore. We yeah. used to get these films all the time in the past. Uh, Harken back to a good era that I loved. Gran Turismo, based off a true story. I like this pick. Honestly, the same thing. The nonstop annoyance of this trailer. I think this theaters. movie was a bad movie, but it's such a fun ride. You it's a, it's a great time. You my lawn. <laughs> and we have a whole episode dedicated to Gran Turismo. We talked like 30 oh, yeah. minutes oh, about yeah. cars. If you want to watch that, I think I liked it a lot more than you did. But well, just, I still liked it. I, yeah. I did like the movie. I was just realistic about could have it been, as a movie could have been really bad like it's it a was grand a, turismo it's film. a bad movie but it's a really fun entertaining ride right and uh echoing off that thanksgiving same yeah, thing could have been terrible thing. could have been really bad i think you could throw super mario bros in this as well which yeah we weren't too high on that movie Actually, but I think yeah it that's worked a good really one. I'm gonna, well I'm sneakily putting that one in there yeah. super mario bros you go or, teenage mutant ninja turtles as well no nah, i had more faith in that yeah, okay, I, okay. I saw the animation on that and the that's creative true. team the around it but I think we should cap it off with Mario because that's yeah, a good one. I like Mario, Mario in there. it's not great, but it is an illumination film and it could have been way worse. And when the main complaint is that Mario feels too much like the games, it's probably a good thing. A good that idea. means that they uh, did their job. So, Mike, what are you going with here? Uh, I think that Dungeons and Dragons, I don't necessarily, uh, could be defined as as like uh, I was going to be disappointed by it. Like I wasn't surprised because I really liked Dungeons and Dragons. I think a lot of people did too and they were a fan of the casting and such. Gran Turismo, I don't necessarily think was a great movie, but it's a great time. Uh, Super Mario Bros, same thing, but I have to go with Thanksgiving on this one. They said all the elements for a disaster of a movie. It could have just been another bland horror movie. Uh, they made a risk with Addison Ray. That could have gone either way too and she's phenomenal on the thing. Uh, so Thanksgiving for me is the winner in this one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I got to go with Thanksgiving. Just when you look at the pure talent alone on some of the other ones, like Dungeons and Dragons has Chris Pine, and we yeah, all know there by was now. a lot of elements that it could have succeeded as well. Where Thanksgiving, uh, I mean, I'm a Milo man, I'm Van, so <laughs> there you go. Though. Yeah, when I'm sitting here saying that Eli Roth made one of the better horror movies of the year, like that means that it was a perfect recipe. So I agree. Thanksgiving, yeah. that is the official winner of the I Can't Believe That Was a POS Award. <laughs> All right, why don't we move to my next one. Uh, Best Ensemble Performance. Okay. So for Ensemble, my honorable mentions are Bottoms. Of course. Great Ensemble in that one. Air. I think that's that's such great Matt Damon in that and just Ben Affleck. Everybody involved in that movie, Jason Bateman, such a great movie. Uh, Then I got The Iron Claw. I think there's everybody in that movie is really delivering something. And Barbie. Everybody mentioned Barbie. Well, Barbie's really two people and just a lot of other people around her. It's, it's a great cast, though. It's yeah, a great cast. And it's a lot of people giving her. Uh, but for my nominees, we got Oppenheimer. Yep. Which I think it's basically you can. It's a who's who's of white people in Hollywood. <laughs> basically. Killers of the Flower Moon as well. I think that ensemble yeah. is truly terrific. Those three people work absolutely phenomenal, phenomenally with all each other. With a really good Jesse Plemons performance, too. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. Not talked about enough. Theater camp, yes, incredible ensemble. I think there's other people that are like, "What? No, I love no, it." No, no, that's that's a great ensemble. I love it. And then the holdovers, which those yeah. two work truly tremendously well it, together. It, I know. I see people being like, "Well, it's not really." A, there was three of them. How can it be an ensemble? That's an ensemble. Yeah, like grow three up. People's an ensemble. It's three of the best performances of the year. 
Oh. So this one's tough. This one is really, really tough. Oh, man. What are you leaning? So for Oppenheimer, it's really about the one guy and everybody's giving it to him. So I, I, I'm more so leaning against Oppenheimer. Killers of the Flower Moon, it is three tremendous performances and a lot of them separate. Theater Camp, I think, is has one of the best cases for me where everybody, as we were saying in our last episode, is bought into this thing. And then the holdovers is just, it's like you want to hug. It's just its just a big hug. It's so It feels so great. I think I'm leaning holdovers. I like that decision. I think Dominic Cease is putting me over. Yeah. Because I, I think, think all three of them are All fantastic. three are so good. Divine Joy and Randolph as well. Like She's getting yeah. all the love for it's, a reason. It's a great ensemble movie. I think I'm going there. Yeah, I think I'm leaning with you. Yeah. The holdovers is going to be the winner of Best Ensemble Performance at the 2023 Cine Awards. Another film that's kind of went under the radar. Like, as yeah. weird as that sounds for people in, like, the cinema industry, like, if you know the Oscars and awards, like, you've probably seen it by now. But for, like, the general audience, I don't think enough people know about this film. Yeah. It's a great movie. I, I gave it not as high as rating. I think a lot of people were giving it, but I just wanted more of a swing from that movie because I feel like I've seen it before. But, I mean, for what it is, it's a fantastic film. Yeah. It is just a, a beautiful, beautiful movie. Holdover's getting a win there. there I like go. it. Holdover's. Next one for me is the I Want to Ruin My Mood movie. <laughs> this is for movies that made me want to die. There's a lot of them this year. I did not. I went more than four. The nominees, The Iron Claw. Yep. Very pretty, pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Did not, did not like myself after that movie. All of Us Strangers. I know you can't speak to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just wrecked me in points. Just grief. When they when they talk about parenting and grief and that reflection, just ah, ugh, throws me off. Killers of the Flower Moon, also pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Pretty bleak film. Don't really enjoy your time watching that. This is a uh, one film that you probably haven't heard of. It's called Close. It came out a little bit earlier in the year. This is an A twenty four film about two Dutch people. Uh, I saw this like at tiff as part of their surprise screening that they do every once in a while uh not a lot of people have seen this film it's by lucas daunt the director leon remier the two kids just kind of the exploration of the two of theirs relationship uh and what it goes to be a kid growing up it's a 2020 movie 2022 movie it first debuted at a festival in 2022 and it got a wide release in 2023 okay okay so there it's like a coming-of-age film it's a really tough film to watch at points, but I think it's really rewarding. I can't speak too much on it right now because I've watched so many films that it didn't stick out as much in my mind. But I remember being really, uh, it, it's not so much hits like these other films where like, oh my God, it's just pure bleakness. There's moments of bleak, but at the end you feel a lot more like, relief Sad. and you just feel a bit better about yourself than some of these other ones. Similar to Past Lives. Uh, some of the lines in this film tore me apart the second time I saw it. I'll just read you one here. I didn't know liking your husband would hurt this much. Sad. Yeah. Uh, film that kind of did the same thing. It's just exploring these relationships and you feel bad about yourself, but then you feel good sometimes. And then you feel lonely and then you feel a little bit, yeah. So past lives, you should watch it. And then the zone of interest. Need I say yeah. more? <laughs> Yeah. Do I need to really add anything more to there? So, do we want to pick one here, or do we want to? No. Okay. <laughs> the winner is 
Literally all of them. Yeah. That's a sad. That's yeah. a big ball of sad movie. It is. It's, uh, <laughs> if you ever want to feel like bad about yourself. I like that pick. Go watch those movies. Very sad movie. Uh, all right. My next one is Best Performance Female. So I want to read you some honorable mentions here. Poor Things, Emma Stone. Great performance in that movie. Bottoms. Can you guess which one? A.O. Debris. Yeah. Obviously. Yes, obviously. She was great <laughs> in that movie. Uh, May December for both Natalie Porton and Julianne Moore. You like The Lisp? I think those were two like great performances. Again, yeah. a movie that both of us didn't really uh, find a lot of good in. I don't know. It wasn't a bad movie, but uh, the performance in that movie just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Talk to me, Sophie Wilde. Yes, that's a great, great performance. And then uh, one performance that I think is the biggest risk of the year was Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings. Is that like a great comedy movie? Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, it has its its charm in it, but I think just as like a swing for an actress to do. That was a, a tremendous choice for her. Okay. And she really knocked it out of the park in that one. Sure. I don't know if I necessarily agree that it's up there with the best, but I, I get what I just, I love the swing in it. I think it's such a great scene. I mean, and I was also thinking of putting the skinny dipping fight scene in best scenes of the year. <laughs> great scene. Uh, but the nominees, Priscilla, Kaylee Spaney. Yeah. One Bar- that's going to yeah. get just extremely oh, yeah. looked over at the She's, Oscars. I know. Barbie, Margot Robbie. Obviously. Penelope Cruz, Ferrari. And Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay, so I'm going to have to void Penelope Cruz since I haven't seen Ferrari. Uh, Oh, God. I don't think she would have won for me anyway. This is a tough one, though. I would have Emma Stone up in here, but and then that would make this conversation a little bit different in my eyes. You think she would have won? I don't think so. She's favorite right now. Really? Yeah. Margot Robbie's probably not making it in. Uh, But, oh, God, man. I really like Kaylee Spiani in this. I'm not sure that hers is the most like out there performance of the year, which is not necessarily a knock, obviously. But I th- when I just looking at some of the other ones, like Lily Gladstone or Margot Robbie, uh, will you let me put Emma Stone up in there? Or no, no, no. <sighs> I, that's not a that's not the best performance of the year. All right, I'll go Lily Gladstone then. Yeah, why? Because I think for subtle performances that. So I was thinking this too. You think because it's all about the face and what she's doing, right? Yeah. Margot Robbie does way more of that in Barbie, and it works a lot in the same way. Yeah. She does way more of it too. But I would argue that Margot Robbie got outshined by Ryan Gosling, and she's. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, no I like That's think just in the in the Lily Gladstone of the movie now. But that in the actual movie, no, not at all. No, I love Margot Robbie in, in that movie, but I think Lily Gladstone like really was the heart and soul of the movie. Uh, sure, but we're talking about acting. Yeah. I don't think that... I think it all pairs into one with that. I, yeah. I think that Lily Gladstone being the central part of the film and that she's essentially was not known at all to come in there and they put so much on her shoulders... She did, she did a fantastic job. ...to carry such a heavy film and to tell the story that she does with her facial, facial expressions. Yeah, but again, I think that reasoning gives more persuades me more to Marco Robbie. Okay. She's doing the same thing, just carrying an entire movie. I don't think I can vote for Margot Robbie. Over Lily Gladstone? Really? Yeah. I don't know. What about Kaylee Spaney? How do we feel? I think she was tremendous. I do too, but I think she's a lesser Lily Gladstone. But I think Margot Robbie's a better Lily Gladstone <laughs> in the way that you're talking about acting. Okay. And I think Margot Robbie delivers a better performance. It's tough. This one, this could go either way. I think we're at a stalemate. We are. So why don't we decide we on a... Kaylee Spaney then? No, <laughs> no. Should we flip a coin? 
Uh, sure. Because I'm okay with either one. Heads or tails? So heads will be Margot Robbie. Sure. Do you have a coin? Tails. I'm gonna, I got my phone. We can get Siri. Siri can make an appearance. Heads, Margot Robbie. Tails, Lily, Lily Gladstone. Let's do it. Siri, heads or tails? What's it going to be? Tails. Lily Gladstone. It's taking the- Taking away. Look, like they're both great. It's like- Arguing oh, yeah. apples to Tr- oranges. Tremendous, tremendous from both of them. The fact that Margot Robbie can miss out on the Oscar is kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm shocked by that. Yeah. Emma uh, Stone is the number one. Yeah, yeah. So. She would probably be my number one if she was in this She's category. also great Oscar campaign by her right now. She's like, doing you, the exact you have, same. You have your chance to let me take Emma Stone? No? I don't think you think that's the best performance of the year. I do. I, I love her in that movie. I I don't think she think goes that's through the like seventeen character yeah. changes in that film. That's crazy. It's a great performance. I'm not taking that away. But to, they, you, you don't can, think that's the best performance. I, I'm gonna put this this way for you. Do you think Lily Gladstone is better than Emma Stone? To what you love about Bradley Cooper is my love with Emma Stone. Yeah, I know. We're very I, similar I love that she's that doing it. Yeah, Emma Stone's my favorite it's actress. A great, it's I'm a great. It's a great performance. I'm not her. saying it, but you don't think that's the best performance of the year. I say, I, I, I know you can't actually think that. I do though. That's insane. Though. I do. Jesus. I do. All right. Lily Gladstone. Should we, get, we got one more? Uh, got the n- best movies of the year. Well, let's, I think we should do our top tens and then decide. You want to do top tens before we go? Yeah, because then we have to decide based on our top tens what we think is the best movie of the year. Okay. All right. So this is, again, really hard to do. This is just like the most extremely hard film to do. I've had... Stuff come in, stuff move out. If you watch some of our older episodes, you will have seen this list be drastically different when it was like five months ago when I gave you guys my top tens and Mike saw like three movies at this time. So I have forced Mike to literally sit and watch like nearly 50 movies this year, which is More. kind of insane. I'm in, I'm in because the, I'm saw, 70 movies. Yeah. That so, came out just this year. I've watched like 300 or something. It's a hard it's list insane. to do. And how we're going to do this is we're going to go back and forth with each other. First, we're going to do honorable mentions. So I think we should give out five honorable mentions that didn't make that our just list. just didn't crack? Sure. And then uh, we'll get to the top ten. So I'll give you my five first. I have Dream Scenario in my honorable mentions. Again, really funny movie. Nicolas Cage doing weird Nicolas Cage stuff. And a really interesting look at cancel culture uh, that I really enjoyed. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, no longer part one because they're calling the second one something else. Again, this is not even close to the best Mission Impossible film. But when you still have action like this, it deserves the recognition that it does. So these these are like your 16, 15, 14? This is my 15 to 11. Okay, good. Um, so when you read them, I'm going to tell you where I had those movies. Does that okay. work? Because then you can do the same for me. Sure. Uh, so I had a dream scenario of my 17th. So it was also okay. just missed out on my top 15. If it's I in agree. your top 10, don't tell me, though. Don't no, 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 the spot. I, no, no. I don't think any of our things Okay. Will be. Um, and then Mission Impossible I had in uh, 22. Okay. Yeah. So not far off. So I had Mission Impossible. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, this stuff. So. Uh, yeah. Tom Cruise, still doing Tom Cruise things. It's a really good movie. Really good movie. Really good movie. Really solid. Number 13 is Poor Things. Again, I, I love Emma Stone in this film. I love yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos. Okay. She can't be your favorite actress and have 13th on your list. That's crazy. Because there's other stuff about the films that I don't like. That's crazy. This is, but this is how good that the the year has been. That I know. I saw. I'm, I'm saw. I just. I don't believe you. That one of my favorite performances. Also, I'm gonna backtrack here again. Sorry. I'm. This is chaotic. Where's Sandra Huller on your best performances? She's great. She wasn't uh-huh. even on your honorable mentions. I didn't think about it. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I would take. I would right. take You're her right. probably over Lily Gladstone. No. 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 
She's up there, man. She's so good. No. I think we have to come to an agreement. I think Lily Gladstone is the middle of our of our best female performances. Uh, poor, she won though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, poor things. A great looking film. Beautiful direction. Beautiful cinematography. Fun score too. Like a really weird score. They kind of just plucked some random guy out of nowhere. It's like make a score for us, and he made yeah, it as weirdly bizarre weird as could be. Uh, with some of the best supporting films. So that's poor my, things did not crack my top fifty. I figured. <laughs> I figured that. Number twelve. Scream six. This yes. was in my top 10 for 95% of this and, year. Oh, so just 95% of this year just cracked, just fell out. Yes, you're right. Uh, fun film, really fun film, taking Scream to New York. I don't really know how you can hate this if you love the Scream franchise. It's everything you like about it. It's a little long, but I don't care. I had so much fun with this film. Uh, and uh, hopefully Scream can somehow make <laughs> come back in the future. I don't know. Scream, you didn't see. Still haven't seen it. You got a lot to watch. Yeah, I know. And my number 11 Making uh, the most insane rise that could rise. ever happen. Let's go. Oh, is it poor? Poor things. Uh, take a guess. It's the past lives. Past lives. Yeah. This, nice. since I had it at three stars and no like, was at fifty-eight and has oh, yeah. risen to eleven. Can't say it's not on my list. I said everything I like about that one, so that is my Solid. number. I like 11. those. That's good. I like that. How some things you? have fallen. All right, sixteen. I got elemental. Movie yes. I really, really enjoyed. Uh, movie I think the first movie that we saw together. No, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> two animated movies. Uh, Elemental rose a lot for me when I was trying to make this list. Uh, like the box office. It's just a beautiful little movie. Yeah. I think it looks it, good. It looks really good, and it's fun. It's I had it at 31. Nice. Uh, 15 and a half, Thanksgiving. Really loved Thanksgiving. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, favorite horror movie of the year. Just a great, solid movie. Really liked it. Hilarious. We talked about it last time, so I won't, I won't keep going on about it. Where'd you have Thanksgiving? Where did I have Thanksgiving? I'm looking for it right now. I don't really see it. Oh, it's at 42. I oh, have yeah. it oh, yeah. sandwiched between Missing and No One Will Save You. Very cool. Uh, 14, Ferrari. Unranked Ferrari, for me. Yeah, really love Ferrari. Uh, and 13, Maestro. Uh, that one's probably pretty far on your <laughs> Maestro list. Maestro is 66 for me. Uh, and then 12, Theater Camp. Love Theater Camp. And eleven bottoms, so theater both camp. Those movies, eighteen for me. Nice bottoms, twenty-four. Hell yeah, both those movies. Uh, really, almost cracking my top ten. I love those movies. Great films. Look at that. We didn't get anything in our top tens. Oh my god. I know. I, I expected us to have something pretty similar here. Uh, so before we get into this, uh, every guest who was on our podcast this year, we got them to also send them in our top or their top movie of the year and give us a pitch on why they thought it was the best movie of the year. So we have two people who I'm pretty sure will not be on your top 10 list and who are not on my top 10 list. So Jake, why don't you bring up first Hannah's top movie of the year? Hannah was our first guest, or no, our second guest we ever had on the show. My sister, and Body Horror John, you can find her letterbox. And this is her pitch for the top movie of the year top movie of 2023 is actually an early one from the beginning of the year it came out almost a year ago it's gonna be january's sci-fi thriller comedy megan i thought this movie was an absolute masterclass in camp it left me in the theater screaming laughing and the thrills were genuinely horrifying i think one of the scariest moments i've seen in a horror movie this year uh was when that little boy was crouched over top of Megan and you felt some real danger in there 
I had the privilege of seeing this movie in theaters, which I think was an absolute blessing. I haven't seen an audience that engaged and also that rambunctious in a movie in a really long time. It felt really genuinely connecting to see such a ridiculous film with a whole group of strangers. I think that some of the best, probably most camp parts of that film were obviously hiring Brian Jordan Alvarez, one of the best character comics right now uh you've probably seen him on tiktok just to play a straight guy just to play no jokes just a regular guy and then have allison williams deliver these deadpan ridiculous lines over and over again uh it was original it was funny it was genuinely scary and it's become one of those films that when people say oh i didn't see that i'm like you gotta watch this and then i put it on right now uh, horror comedy is not a genre that I'm usually a big fan of. I think it takes a lot to pull it off correctly. And I think what it takes is a really unique and interesting idea. We've obviously seen science fiction movies talk about robots, the humanity of AI and androids before. But nothing has been as much fun as Megan. I'm so excited for the next one that's coming out in 2025. I could dive deep into the Megan Cinematic Universe, and it became my top film of 2023. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> what a, what oh. a choice. I love that choice. I think um, it really speaks volumes to how Megan has connected with such a broad audience. And I mean, it's currently sitting at 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. That was released uh, January, early January of last year. So congrats to Megan for being Hannah's top film of 2023. Yeah. Hannah, you're not going to like me a little bit later in this yeah, you hate you hated Megan. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fine. That's you know, okay. that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's the power of movies. It speaks volumes to does different strokes for different comedy folks. horror. I, I like that pick. I think that's a bold pick, and it's a great one. Uh, another person whose movie top movie of the year did not crack um, either of our top tens is going to be Jeff. So why don't you give me Jeff's? This is Jeff's pick. I've been giving it a lot of thought, and my. 2023 movie of the year is going to be Asteroid City by Wes Anderson. I I think it's just the year of like really lo- getting into a niche movie. Everyone's going to have a different opinion for what their movie of the year is. And Asteroid City is just a lot of fun. It's a real uh, niche uh, movie for people who work in the film and entertainment industry, for actors, for scriptwriters, and just the message of what is the author's intent. And how it changes when you collab with a bunch of different people. I think it's just a great movie. It's really funny. I love the sets. I love the soundtrack to it. Uh, I think everyone's just having a good time in that movie from all the acting. And it's just a fun, funny movie to watch. Is your whole family out to get me? (laughs) I really like what Jeff said in that. In that this is a movie where, you know, niche movies are going to have a great, like a really higher place on a lot of things. I get just gave Thanksgiving my... 15th favorite movie of the year like theater camp and bottoms are both very high for us like he's absolutely right in that i know you're really not a fan of asteroid city but i think that's more about the hangover you have for wes anderson right now i recently watched this movie uh i don't know if i'm that high on it i I think it's a it's a great choice i think this is the most wes anderson movie he's made in a very long time and i really think we have to appreciate him while we can also i think that movie was really bordering being super pretentious and i mean like over the line pretentious. to me there's a difference between niche and pretentious it was super niche. It was it was the most Wes Anderson movie I've seen in a very long time. It was super Wes Anderson. It was, I, I, I did enjoy that movie. I liked it a lot. So why don't we go to our top tens here. Uh, thank you to Jeff and Hannah for their picks. Asteroid City and Megan. 
two very unexpected picks, but I, I like the reasoning and I like the science. So why don't we start with, well, I'll go first, my top, my 10th best movie of the year. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So I was going back and forth with the, this and a, lo- a couple of other movies. Uh, is this necessarily the best movie of 2023? No. Was the story was pretty basic. We, we had a very great talk about this turtle movie uh, with Jeff on this podcast. Uh, it, it This movie, I think, was just the, the pure impact of nostalgia for me. Uh, then I love the redesign of it. Everything looked amazing, and I love where they're going to go with this franchise, and I think that's personally why it hits so home for me. This is a phenomenal movie in my eyes. It was one of my favorite animated movies of the year. I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. That's a good pick. Yeah. What do you uh, feel about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem? I have it 40 on my list. Oh, yeah. I I liked it. I think that there is a lot of potential that they could do with the franchise. Uh, I think that this is a good stepping stone for me in the franchise. I know you're a huge turtle head, so that's why you liked it a lot more. Yeah. I think... I think a, a, to say what Hannah and Jeff were talking about, like this is a it's a movie for niche or it's a year for niche movies. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit exactly on the the heartstrings that I was hoping for when I went into the turtle movie, and I loved it. I loved a good turtle movie. I know I talk about how I love monkey movies. I love a good turtle movie. That's why I can't really watch Cannibal Holocaust, but I love a good <laughs> turtle movie. What the hell is that? Oh, brother. Yeah, don't look that one up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think I want to look at that. All right, why don't you give me your tenth best movie of the year? Uh, so I went with All of Us Strangers at number 10. Again, late inclusions into this list really really changing things up. Uh, talked about it briefly. I'm a, I'm a big fan of when directors are able to just do something wild and wacky and do, take a really personal story and showcase it in such a bizarrely unique way. I think I described this best as like it's like the ghost story film. Uh, told in a perspective of a relationship and dissecting that relationship through the parents and his partner. Uh, It's just incredibly haunting at times. Has a lot of scenes that made me shiver. Uh, Has a scene that rivals the under pressure scene from last year from After Sun. And has two great performances that are not going to get recognized in Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott, two of my favorite actors working right now. I really liked it. It's going to hit more wide releases as it goes on. I still think it's going to stay under the radar. Not many people are going to know about it, but it was good enough to crack my top 10, a film I never expected to be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like the pick. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I think it comes out this week, next week, sometime. It already had its release here. Oh, did it? Yeah. When? It had like a brief like two-week release. Oh, I thought it was coming out in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I thought oh. so too, and then <laughs> nope. <laughs> there you go. All right, my ninth best movie of the year is Priscilla. I loved Priscilla. I thought it was... Uh, akin to one of my favorite plays of all time, A Doll's House. And I think it was we both were surprisingly, not surprisingly, I was surprised that you were also really invested in this movie. This movie was phenomenal. Two great performances. Um, it's all in the nuance of the thing. It is an absolutely fantastic movie. Uh, pulls on everything that I was looking for in a Sofia Coppola movie. And it did. It absolutely delivered for me. Yeah. I had that 25 on my list. Nice. Uh, big fan of this film. Tremendous chemistry between Spani and Kaylee Jake Malorty. Delivers one of the best performances of the year for me. Two breakout performances, even though Jacob Malorty's already broken out, like this is his big breakout in terms of film. People are going to say it's Saltburn. No, it's not Saltburn. This was <laughs> by far the better performance. Yeah. Uh, really cool dissecting of Elvis uh, through the perspective of Priscilla. I really enjoyed it. I think the having Elvis last year, two years ago I guess now, ugh, to Priscilla in 2023 really caused a lot of fun narrative 
delusions between the two. It was a lot of fun. I liked Great it. movie. Yeah. So that was your number nine. My number nine. You're going to love my this one. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This slid down all the way from number three to number nine. Yeah. But I still had to keep it in the top ten because... Yeah, you were very high on this movie. I was. I Look, Marvel has taken a lot of criticism in 2023, rightfully so. A lot of the stuff that they put out was not good. They had arguably the worst year they ever had, let alone having Jonathan Majors, <laughs> that whole situation unfolding within the year. The one bright spot in terms of films, I'm not counting the other one, which we'll get to a bit later, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The ability to close out this weird ragtag group of characters in the way that only James Gunn knows how to do with a story that I think was really emotional at times. Uh, I know it wasn't for everyone, and I know that not some people are like, ah, the animal cruelties in it was a bit too much, but I think it was a really funny film, uh, family-feeling film, which I think the MCU needed a lot. It was kind of just embracing uh, like a last hug of these characters before uh, their closure and a little send off. Yeah, Good. it just needed Marvel needed something like this in a really, really tough year for them. Uh, and considering this was originally the first group that everyone doubted, that when they came on the scene in 2014, I was like, why are you doing these characters? Why would you ever do these? To fast forward nearly a decade later, them getting a closure and everyone knowing not to doubt it just shows the testament that what James Gunn has been able to do with these characters over the past 10 years. Uh, and gives them a really cute, good send-off that uh, was hard for me not to love. So I put that at number nine. Nice pick. Didn't crack my top 50, but I understand why you like it. <laughs> Figured. You know, we just have different opinions when it comes to superhero movies. I think it's a really nice pick. I think you're right. It's something different than um, what Marvel was really giving us this year. And I think Marvel missed a lot. And that was one that really hit with a lot of people. So good good choice. I like the pick. I'm going to go to my number eight movie. And my number eight movie, Can You Play?, uh, this is a message from Liam for his top pick of the movie, and it's my number eight best movie of the year. 2023 was a bit of a sparser year for movies, what with the strike going on and still the effects of the pandemic kind of hitting theaters. But I think that the movies that really hit the highs, like the five-star movies this year, it was very close to try and pick what was the best of the year and I think it just comes down to almost like personal preference because there are so many movies that are well deserving of kind of like that top great award right uh, but for me it's a toss-up between Godzilla minus one and across the spider-verse and I think across the spider-verse uh, spider-man across the spider-verse just beats it out for me I think that the animation in this movie is incredible probably one of the probably one of the greatest animated movies ever put out the voice acting and just the emotions that are brought to these characters not only through the performances but through the animation like i said before is incredible you really care for these characters uh that they set up in the first movie and even coming into a sequel uh, it's always hard to make a movie that is the same level or greater and I think that this sequel is one of the rare exceptions that kind of bring forth a product that is on the same level, and in my opinion, better than the original. There's not a lot of movies or even like other products, media products, whether it be book or games or TV shows that seem to be better than the original product. 
And I think that says a lot when they're putting that much care and all that effort to bring in this product. And I can't wait for the third one to come out. But yeah, that's my reasoning for why Across the Spider-Verse is movie of the year. I think it kind of shattered the expectations or the, the already great expectations that everybody had for it. It's a great quality product. And I just had a blast watching it. And I had so much fun watching it. And that I think is the most important thing. Also, all the music is incredible in that movie, and have I could see it being on repeat just in my casual day to day. He's not wrong. The music is great in that film. Great movie. I loved it. I put it at number eight. I think that is the best animated movie of uh, maybe the decade. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. He's right. The music's great. Um, really long, but I mean, you don't really feel it. And I'm not necessarily the greatest fan of uh, animated movies, and I think I was a little lower on this one because I had a little bit of a superhero hangover, but I had to look at it objectively. I actually had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ahead of this. Mm. Uh, but I had to look at this one objectively and think, what is the better movie? This is, you recently actually reviewed this one, and you put, it had one of the best cliffhangers, but I have to disagree with you because you knew there was a cliffhanger, so I don't think that can actually have a cliffhanger if you were very aware. Not to the circumstance that I thought it would. If I was coming into this movie saying that the movie was going to end with Miles being confronted, whoa, by him, why, why? everyone's seen the movie. <laughs> if the movie was going to be Miles being confronted by himself yeah. in a different dimension, by the dimension that he was supposed to go to, I, I just don't think you can have a cliffhanger if you know it's going to end on a cliffhanger. It's literally the biggest goosebumps in the world. It's great when ending. You, great the, ending. It's it. genuinely one of the greatest Phenomenal. cliffhangers Phenomenal. of all time. I don't want to talk about it too much. I'm talking about yes, it later on I this list. I assume it'll be further on your list but yeah, but yeah. Uh, number eight for me uh i thought it was gonna be godzilla for liam that's surprising yeah well he was between the two thank you liam thank you liam is it me now it is number eight look this is another movie that you have not added on your list but i touted for a while now about this movie again netflix just kind of coming in and out though they don't know how to market these movies but hopefully it will be there on academy day and this is Nimona. I love this movie so much. This animation is so weirdly bizarre at first, but you get a hold of the weirdness really fast. And the way that we talk about how films are able to create stories within brand new worlds, Nimona does it in such an innovative way of this weirdly steampunkish medieval times tale. Uh, with a great, great cast. Chloe Grace Moretz, Riz Ahmed are so good together. They have such a fun dynamic between the two of them. And this is such an important film that was scrapped by Disney and was thrown to the can basically when it was done. And no one knew when it was going to happen. Netflix came and saved it. And it floored me by genuinely how heartfelt this film was taking a story that is so going to be so important for so many people growing up that they can look at this and go I can be like this it's not weird because it's very much uh, coming to terms with your identity and knowing that you're not different you're not weird and it makes sense that Disney threw it away because why would Disney want to put that out there so thank you Netflix for saving that I think it's so important for people growing up nowadays to have films like this and to know that you can that you're not different uh, and it handles all those themes so well. Uh, genuinely floored by Nimona. And I think it deserves so much more love and has stayed in my list since I saw it in July. So it is at my number eight. Nice pick. Excited to watch that one. Probably yeah. watch it a little later. It's a good movie. I like the pick. I'm going to go to number seven. Number seven is a movie that we just recently talked about. 
in this podcast already. Uh, the Iron Claw. Yeah. Uh, I really loved The Iron Claw. I thought it was such a bold choice to make a movie about masculinity in 2023. And I'm not saying that that's a good decision. I think that's actually kind of a poor decision. But for that to pay off, I think takes an, an excellent movie and an excellent movie mind, a great cast, um, tremendous themes. It's just a phenomenal movie for me. A big swing at the end to make that dream, to, to make the death sequence uh, literal. I think that is a very stupid choice, and it's just one of the best scenes uh, of the year for me. So The Iron Claw for me, phenomenal movie. That at my 19 spot. Nice. It's a really good movie. Great. Really, movie. really solid movie. I just, if you want to go be depressed for two hours, yeah. go watch that. Take it. Don't think you'll get any more depressed than that. Well, you might. Number seven, John Wick, Chapter Four. John Wick is what, like, everyone has said what there has to be said about John Wick. It has taken action along with Mission Impossible to another level. It feels like every single film that the directors, just think, what can we do to make this as different as possible? Oh, let's add a dog in this one. Oh, let's add a scene where we go up and down stairs for like 15 minutes uh, and just see people getting murdered over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I love it. I love this franchise so much. This film is clearly the best out of the four. It's like not even close. Uh, I think the action scenes are some of the best. It's up there with Fallout, Mission Impossible Fallout, as one of the best action films ever made. Uh, it's long. I, I know it's long. It's a very long film, but it it works because it's just broken up when it feels like it needs to be breaking up by action. They don't force action on you sometimes. And I know that happens in a lot of action films where they're just like, ah, let's just throw random stuff to the walls. No, it feels like everything has a purpose. And I think that it closed out this arc of John Wick very well. Now, they're approaching the edge of this might be extremely overblown, especially with a spinoff coming later this year. Uh, this franchise and maybe John Wick will be returning in the future. We don't know. But as it stands, this is a very good culmination of this character, this arc for a story about a dog getting killed. I never thought it would dig this way to have such a good world building. And shout out Lance Reddick. Uh, rest yeah. in peace to him. Uh, well, great character. And yeah, I just love these films. And I'll never get enough of them. Great movie. Awesome action. Some of the best action I think you'll see in an action movie. It's tremendous. Keanu Reeves is just... I don't know. You're right. To, to take that simple concept and to make it to what it is now is like just a testament to how, I don't know another word, sick these movies are. They're so sick. I had this one at 25 for me. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Recently watched this one too. Uh, I had an awesome time with it. I think it's nothing but a fun ride. Yeah. Great film. It was great in theaters. Yeah, I could imagine. It must have been awesome in theaters. So much fun. I have a buddy that like we jokingly watched John Wick one night when the first one came out. And then since then, every time another one comes out, we always gather around and we go and watch it together. It's like a fun little thing that we do together. Uh, I'm going to move on to my number six movie. Um, My number six movie, uh, one of the best movies ever made made, of the year, (laughs) because it's my number six, uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, we both- Number six. Number six. We saw this one in theaters together. Uh, I think we were both just blown away by how amazing this is. I think this is the best Nolan movie. It's the best Killian Murphy performance. It's a lot of people's best performance that they put forward into this movie. Uh, I just can't really reward this movie for having two really important female characters and really spending no time creating them. I thought that was really big miss for Christopher Nolan. Um, but, I mean, you can only really give this movie flowers. It's just one of the best movies, I think you could say, ever made. Like, this is truly. We just talked about how the Trinity Test is one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and it doesn't feel like three hours. It does, but it feels like a necessary three hours. And you have you enjoy the entire time of it. 
Um, it's, it's a phenomenal movie. You could find almost zero flaws with it. Tremendous thing. I'm trying to figure out what your other ones are going to be. <laughs> I know like two, but I don't know the other ones. Okay, number six. I like yeah. it. I like it. Oppenheimer. We'll Tremendous get to it a little movie. bit later for me. There you go. Uh, number six for me. Well, I know another. No, I know three now. Anatomy of a Fall. This is my number six film. Uh, like I, I said last week's episode, what can't you say about a film that is able to grip you with a courtroom drama for over like an hour and a half of its runtime and every single scene to be as thought-provoking, as intuitive as it is, and to get into the mindset of these characters with some really, really, really fascinating scenes, beautiful dynamic between the mom and the son that's explored, as well as the mom and the husband. And I really like the lawyer character also. I think he's not getting enough uh, credit. I Great. really liked him in the this prosecutor. film. prosecutor. Doesn't he have a name? Yeah. Just the prosecutor. It's really good. Sick. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great movie. It just genuinely wanted like a great looking film as well for something that's done in the courtroom. You should take notes. Trial Chicago Seven. This is how you make it look <laughs> interesting. Uh, good use of sound as well when it comes to the cassette tapes, which is one of my favorite scenes of the year, as we discussed in here. It's genuinely just one of the better international films that I've seen in a long, long time. And we have had like a really good uptick of international films recently, and so much so that we're going to be getting two. Hundred percent. We get two maybe at the really Oscars this year. So yeah, and that'll be fall number six for me. Yeah, that one's going to be a little higher up for me. So I'm, I'm not going to spoil my decisions on that one okay. yet. Okay. Uh, but I'll move on to my number five, and that is. Um, the Zone of Interest. It's a movie that we both Whoa. recently watched. Uh, I think, I don't know if this is a movie. <laughs> I just know it changed my life and it changed the way that uh, I view movies now. Um, we talked about it a little too much. I think, I, 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 I don't know how much you can really say about this movie other than it just affects you. It's just, sorry, TikTok user who said I need to use more critics' language. It affects you. It just absolutely. <laughs> Uh, affects you. The yeah, zone how of dare you not know It's critic. just, it's this, the soundscape is the best sound I think I've heard in a movie. It's it's truly phenomenal. Yeah. It feels like you're just watching a piece of art. It is. I don't know if it's necessarily a movie. Uh, I have settled on four stars. There you go. But it is not in my top 30. There you go. I just, I can't. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I even don't hit it with a like either. Like, it's not a film I liked. This is the only movie in my top 10 that I did not like. Yeah. That makes sense. Normally, everything past three stars for me is a like. Yeah. Not this one for me. Yeah, good pick. Um, before you go to your next one, can you play Anthony's? So my movie of the year for 2023 is Zone of Interest, the new Jonathan Glazer movie. This is a movie about the daily life of Rudolf Hurst and his family. Hurst was the commandant of Auschwitz, who, with his wife, built a homestead directly adjacent to the camp, like up against the walls of the camp. The central question or issue that I think a lot of Holocaust movies wrestle with or try to address is how you can show real true evil on screen without rendering it into entertainment or trivializing it or minimizing it. Some movies do this successfully, some movies do this unsuccessfully. The way that zone of interest goes about it is they don't ever show the inside of the camps. So even though Hearst oversaw everything that happened at Auschwitz, they never show you what's happening inside. Instead, it's all him and his wife bickering outside about him not getting a promotion or about how they should build their garden going forward. And in the background of all of this, you can just hear the furnaces churning. You can see smoke rising from the chimney. It's it's like a literally nauseating experience. It's extremely difficult to watch. 
I, I've thought about it like every day since I've seen it. It's impossible to watch it and not think about the evils that you let by or choose not to think about because it makes your life easier or because it lets you have nicer things in life. If you think that you can endure a movie like this, I would very highly recommend it. Yeah. I think he's absolutely spot on with that. I don't think I don't think he had add anything no, else to that. that. Is, uh, that's exactly how I think we feel about that movie. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. To number five, for me, The Holdovers. Film that I thought you would have liked a lot more than you did. I do. I do. I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't dislike the movie. I'm just saying that I've seen the movie before. Alexander Payne is able to literally rip a film straight out of the 70s and bring it to 2023. In such a brilliant way, too. Uh, sound is really good, too. A really good year for sound. I don't think, like... You know what? I was thinking that when I was making these. It's a lot of really sound. Really good year A lot for of good sound. uses of sound. Uh, just sounds like a film out of that era. Three great performances. It won Ensemble for us for a reason. Dominic Sisa should be getting more love this season. He's so good. Literally, they plucked the kid out of the school and said, here you go, come into this film. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. Alexander Payne just has a way with making you feel good in some of your fil- in the films he does, even like Election, all these films. like They're just really good films. And this yeah. one feels like a Christmas classic waiting to happen. I think it is. I think it's going to be. This was number 20 for me. It was a phenomenal movie. I love this pick. Paul Giamatti is so good. I think if someone said that this is their favorite movie of the year, like that, I've got no issues with that. It's just a tremendous movie. Yeah. I really like it. Great film. Number four for you, Michael. Number four is Anatomy of the Fall. This is my. Oh, wait, no, you're number five, right? No, I'm number four. I did my number five. Beautiful. <laughs> number four is Anatomy of the Fall. Anatomy of the Fall is right. uh, my favorite script of the entire year, and I'm very high on scripts. And this thing just delivered in so many different aspects. You already spoke about it, so I won't spend too much time on it. But it just the the how fascinated you are in this movie is just absolutely fantastic. And the things that it thinks that it's showing, or the things that you think you know, and then you contemplate everything after you watch the movie, and then you think about everything, and like you feel like you have to watch this movie ten times to even understand, and you're never going to understand it. And then I think that's the point, and I think that's art, and I think that's one of the reasons why movies are made. I, I, I love this movie. No disagreement there. We're off by like two spots. Just a couple. There you go. Just a very, very good film to watch. Why don't you give me number four for you. At number four, I got Barbie. Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Barbie. Uh, I talked about to death just about how good this movie is and how it overcame every single thing that you think of. Really, when you talk about two films that are able to take its product placement and create its own original film without it there's two films there's the lego movie and there's barbie yeah good like it could, this could have been a disaster it could have been stupid it could have been just cliched like dumb no greta gerwig and noah Baumbach just completely dissect barbie and give one of the more fun roaring crowd-pleasing films i've seen in a while while touching on a lot of important subjects and you even saw like the outrage from a lot of people, and they're like, "Oh, how dare they do talk about masculinity the way they do?" Yeah, well, like it's important because for people like you who react to the way that you do, hundred percent. Two incredible performances: Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. I'm just Ken, and I can not Kenuff get it Kenuff. I almost messed up, messed it up. I cannot get Kenuff of Barbie. So number four for me. Tremendous movie. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Oh, you got a little higher than me, eh? I did. All right, number three for me, uh, Godzilla minus one. Okay. Uh, 
another international movie, another absolutely just standout. We had a whole episode where you go listen back to our Godzilla episode. You're gushing. We just gush over this movie. Godzilla minus one is uh, another movie that I think nostalgia just hits you right on the freaking head with this thing. If you're a big Godzilla fan, you'll love this movie. It's I think it's the one of the one of probably the best Godzilla movie ever made. The destruction in it is truly phenomenal. Uh, great performances. I don't know by who. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I love I love that movie. It's it's just one a, a groundbreaking movie for me, and I'm so ga- glad that Godzilla's back. Uh, I, I I loved everything about that movie. Couldn't gush more about it. A Godzilla film that makes you care about human beings. I have this at number twenty two on my list. I uh, I was probably like, expecting literally nothing from this movie, literally nothing, and to come out not just loving the Godzilla aspects, but loving the human aspects, if not more. Uh, is a testament to how they were able to create this film because all I knew from Godzilla was, oh, like, let me just see the big lizard stomp around because that's all I've been milked to know by Hollywood films in the Godzilla universe more frequently. And the fact that this was a celebration of Godzilla in the highest form, it just really spoke to a lot of people and myself included. It's a great pick. I love it. Hell yeah. That's your number four? Number three. Number, Number three. I'm getting the numbers off right now. My number three, Killers of the Flower Moon. Martin Scorsese's epic three-and-a-half-hour film does not feel like three-and-a-half hours. To tell a story about the Osage people the way that he did was one of the bleakest and more affecting... There you go, my critic word, (laughs) affecting. uh, Usage of cinematography, of shot framing, and of that I've seen all year long. Uh, three great performances once again just all bounce off each other incredibly well Robert De Niro does such a good job at being such a scumbag Lily Gladstone like we said one of the best performances of the year and Leonardo DiCaprio just continues to pick great projects and really shine even though he's probably like the third best performance of the the three doesn't matter because this story is just it's just so good to learn about and to just I don't know. It was honestly, I wasn't expecting to like it the way that I did because I watched The Irishman before this and was like, ah, Martin Scorsese is just going to put out like three and a half hour movies that don't need to be that long. No, this movie needed to be that long and it justifiably showed why it did. When I sat there and like came out of it, I was like, ah, that felt like two and a half hours. That's that's a crazy thing to do. Uh, Scorsese at the age that he is, is still delivering at the rate that he is. And this might be up there with some of his magnum opuses in a career that spanned almost 50 decades 50 decades five Jeez. decades <laughs> imagine being know, that not old. godzilla <laughs> uh so yeah close the five minute my number three. Oh yeah i have that one uh, a little higher so uh but i'll go to my number two movie so why don't you give me uh maddie barnes her top pick maddie was our first guest ever on this show honestly barbie this movie is so incredible it is so fun it is just pure entertainment it has everything you could possibly want from a movie the acting is incredible the writing the set design the costumes the soundtrack the dance numbers everything is so good and so fun you'll laugh but you'll also cry you'll it's thought-provoking in such an easily digestible way there's something in it for literally everyone and if you don't think that the you can gain anything from this movie then grow up honestly um because it might be the best movie ever. <laughs> ever? Yeah, I, wow. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think 
this has the best soundtrack of a movie this year. It's the most entertaining of the movie this year. It might make you feel the most by the end of this movie. Two of the best performances of the year. The best set design. Some of the best costumes of the year. This movie is peak movie. Uh, is this, this is the uh, epitome of movies in 2023. If you had to go... Uh, if you had to go show an alien a movie, I think this is the movie that you would show them. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. You said this is the best movie ever made. I wouldn't disagree with you. Oh, yeah, Maddie. I, I, I loved Barbie. Barbie's my number two movie of the year. It's phenomenal. You guys <laughs> an are, incredible movie. It is you. You guys are a couple for a reason right there, there with each other. Why don't you give me your number two there, brother? Yeah, my number two is Oppenheimer. 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 I I have no dismay of hi- like hiding my love for Christopher Nolan. He's one of my favorite directors, has been for a long time, and continues to deliver cinematic moments. You say that word, cinematic moments. You think of Christopher Nolan. He's done it time and time and time again. Even when he's at the lowest for a lot of other people with Tenet, he just comes back and delivers a three-hour, $100 million blockbuster about Robert J. Oppenheimer. <laughs> Like, nothing about this movie should have worked to the degree that it did. He's able to make a blockbuster be this captivating with one scene. One scene that is really like the quintessential blockbuster part. Yet the entire rest of the film flows so well. It's one of the best scripts that he's had, and and he has a lot of good scripts. This is probably, if not the best script that he's worked through. I loved all the performances in this. Robert Downey Jr., just as good. Killian Murphy, tremendous. We, we talked about him already. He's 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 a goat in this film. I uh, and it ends the ending too. Like you talk about bleak endings, like that's also a bleak ending. It's it's, it's not a good ending. Like it's not a you don't feel good about yourself when you're walking into the theater. You're like ah, that's okay. And this I, is the one of the best movies ever made. To be honest. It, I, I don't know if I could fight that. It had to, to think about that we had Barbie and Oppenheimer releasing on this same day and that they were built around each other as memes, but they both genuinely ended up being as good as two, they were. Two of the best movies of all time. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it's it, crazy. It's kind of looking back like we're never going to get a moment like that again. There's no. going to be so many times that people are going to try to replicate what Barbenheimer did you and no one will, will be ever, able to do it. ever do it. And it's, it's a testament to, to incredible I don't know how you can sit here and not tell me that Christopher Nolan is not one of the best directors ever made. Like he genuinely that, that is his best movie of all time. He's like saved cinema multiple times. He he's just he he's him. He's literally him. You think of him in cinema, it's Christopher Nolan. It's an R-rated biopic. Yeah, like it doesn't <laughs> it made insane. almost a billion dollars and That's it's crazy. getting re-released in theaters. It might make a billion it's dollars. It's incredible. So yeah, it, when you look back at the R2 picks for 2. Yeah. It's literally Barbie and Oppenheimer because they deserve to be recognized as huge achievements of 2023. Incredible movies. So I think we both know what each other's ones are at this point. You know, same at the same time? Well, <laughs> you tell me mine, I'll tell you yours. Well, I think yours is Killers of the Flower Moon. My number one is Killers of the Flower Movie. This movie is a masterpiece. Um, I think that the fact that this isn't one of the best, of one of the fact that this isn't the best Martin Scorsese movie, I think, doesn't speak to a will of 2023, but just speaks to how powerful Martin Scorsese is in making movies. He's just that damn good. Uh, and this movie is just, it hits on every aspect for me. This is cinema. This is a beautiful looking movie. Three of the best performances of the entire year. It's one of the most important messages of the entire year. It's one of the most important movies ever made, I think, in my opinion. Uh, I know I'm saying that, but these are like literally the top 10 movies of one of the best movie years that we've ever had. 
This is incredible. Killers of the Flower Moon is like peak, peak cinema to me. This is my favorite movie of 2023. I loved Killers of the Flower Moon. It's crazy that you have two films in your top 10 that don't sensualize war. You know, you have Killers, which is literally doesn't show you the kills while you're up close. Like you think of Hollywood, you think of going up and like, well, when you ever, you have these types of movies, like Mm. the kills are always so over glorified and centralized. They're from afar and they're literally just a pop of the gun and they're done. It shows the brutality of it. It's not like glamorized. Same thing as Zone of Interest. It's just not glamorized at all. It's just straight up brutality. And to have them to, to be as insanely well done as they were, is a testament to how good film has been this year. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've got no qualms with your number yeah. one. Yeah, you got a good I top ten. You have I a think, pretty good top got, ten. I like your top. I think we got two solid top tens. And number one on yours is Across the Spider Verse. Uh, look, <laughs> this has been my number one since it came yeah. out. I was floored sitting there watching this movie. I love the first one, and I have since watched both this Christmas break because I decided to go get the jumbo pack, and I was like, ah, let's rewatch them. It is insane how tame the first one is in compared to the second one. And how much more character depth that there actually is in the second one. You you watch that first one, you're like, why is Gwen not really saying much? Gwen's not really in that movie. This second movie is Gwen's story. And to have two distinct stories work into each other, to have the second one completely take everything it built upon in the first one to build off of a bagel, a literal bagel, being the quintessential moment of a villain arc. And but turning someone from the villain of the week to the most threatening villain, Jason Schwartzman does his best with that thing. He is so good as the spot. Uh, just an insanely wonderful, beautiful story through Gwen's eyes of growing up and being who you need to be. That's a theme in a lot of these movies this year that came out. But her relationship with her dad, that exploration, and framing the spider story through this canon event, and that it is out of your control, the that quintessential movie point of every single Spider-Man, of what we have known to be Spider-Man, what happens if you can change that? And what happens if you go against the grain and be that one different part? Because Miles is not that one part. Uh, it, it's crazy. Insane, insane swings at the fences. I talk about the cliffhanger. I still think it's one of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. Like, I, I, it just blew my mind. Literally blew my mind. You could not have told me five years ago that across in, into the Spider Verse would have led to seeing thousands of Spider Men running after Miles Morales and building towards what I think might be one of the greatest trilogies ever told to film. It's some of the best I think superhero if it lands stuff. That plane, it could be, and I think it will. There's no point for me to not. I have think to, that I, it won't. Listen, this was a movie that I had a superhero hangover. I wasn't excited about this. I, I'm not a big animated movie fan, and you were pitching this to me, and you knew how I was not I was not stoked to go see this movie. I watched this movie, and I was absolutely blown away. This was a five-star movie instantly. Like, it was so incredible. That first opening sequence where, with Gwen, like, it, it, it's incredible. It one-ups you, everything. It, it, it's phenomenal. Every single scene in this is just a tremendous scene, and it's an animated movie, and it... it, it, it it packs the one of the biggest punches of the entire year. Like it, it's tremendous. It and, also uh, just it's takes, incredible. It takes its time. The first hour and a half of this movie is all building. Like 
this is literally when you rewatch it, you're it. It's not a complete story. No, it and it's, literally it's long too. Yeah, the first hour and a half is just Miles talking and him, his relationship with his parents and Gwen and her story and every animation. And you notice you're all in. you're in it. You notice all of the different animation and how they're able to build that into the story, like Gwen with the color palettes and the watercolor, and then Miles with the more harsher animation. Like it is a masterful achievement in both animation, sound, because that score is incredible, yeah, incredible, uh, and storytelling. Like it's genuinely one of the best stories told that I've seen, and it's not. Not even complete. It's half of a story. It's it's the anim- It's a groundbreaking movie. I've never seen something take its lore and spin it on its yeah. head the way that it has almost a hundred years later. Is it the best superhero movie ever made? I think it is. I genuinely think it is. Because when you think of the other things that are put up against it, like you have the Infinity Wars, you have the Avengers, you have all of these other films, Spider-Man 2, they are all such good films and such good quintessential moments in cinema but I've never seen a film do what Spider-Verse did in taking its material and spinning it in such a unique, distinct way that isn't even finished. It's not even finished. But it is so good as a standalone on its own because Miles, what, what the best sequels do is that they have their own arcs inside of a larger arc. Miles has a mini arc, and it's not even done. It's just... it's. Uh, it's honestly wild. Incredible movie. I'm glad I rewatched it because I was wrestling with Oppenheimer for a while. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's close for me. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, I and like know. the top don't five of these you. are like some of my favorite movies that I've seen. Those are two great top ten lists, and you know we're gonna do worst movies of this year. I don't want to end on like a sour note. I think maybe let's nah. give let's give our like one our least favorite movie of the year. I think because because I, I just love I love that. That's such. Ten movies. Well, my my bottom list is all crappy horror movies. And if you <laughs> want to hear me rant about most of these, we did horror episodes. And yeah, you can go you back can go and watch. Skinamarink is my least favorite film of the year. Yeah, this was a uh, widely widely extremely polarizing. <laughs> it, it, I respect the living hell out of this director for taking a tiny ass budget of like literally under like I think it was like twenty thousand dollars and creating a film that became a moment in cinema. It is not for me. I hate experimental cinema so much with a dying passion and this had me staring at a wall for literally like 95 minutes straight nothing was happening the jump scares were loud and like egregiously loud that like that's not scary when you have a hand pop out and then you just hear like like massive squeaky noises nothing scary happens you can't hear any dialogue and it's kind of cool to look at for a little bit because you see the squiggly lines and you see like the, the the little night stuff and you're like, hey, that reminds me of a kid. And that's what the film is supposed to be. It's supposed to remind you of what those nightmares were like as a kid at night. But I never got that past the first 10 minutes because it was excruciatingly boring to sit through. Uh, the more I sat with this film, I hated it more and more and more. I respect respect the director. I think he's actually very quite capable of making something really good with a bigger budget. And that says something when he's made this movie that I hate this much, but I see the talent in his direction. It's all a, right, it's a right. nothing film. <laughs> Calm down. It, it's a nothing <laughs> film. Uh, you're getting me let's, heated. Let's now. end off. Let's end off in a positive note here. But I said he's, he's capable yeah, he's director. Capable. He's, he's a capable director. Good. So I can see that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, my, my least favorite movie stays the same as old dad's. Sorry, yeah, okay. Bill Perry. You suck. <laughs> Cute Tyra Banks. We were all rooting for you a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Thank buddy. Worst script I've ever. One of the, one of the most painful things I've ever done. Anyway, <laughs> it's a good list, man. That's I, a good I like year. that. I think we agree. We got a, some great top tens. Uh, we got some twenty twenty four awards. Twenty twenty four. I'm super excited. What's your before we go? What's your New Year's resolution when it comes to movies? Oh God, when it comes to movies, 
I think I think it's more so just me when it comes to watching movies at my house is to try to just put my phone away. Yeah, that's because a good I one. think that's that I really well because COVID has just made me want to be attached to the hip on my phone when I'm watching TV or watching sports because it's just so easy to pull your phone out and you're not missing anything. So you get used to that with movies. So I think for me, it's just to kind of get off my phone when I'm watching those at home, more so like the stream movies too. like just try to give them more of the same chance I would have before COVID. I think that's, that's probably going to be mine. What about you? Solid. Uh, I think I have to realize that, uh, I hate everybody's opinion on movies <laughs> and that I, you know, you could just have a conversation like we did about top 10. It's like, that was just positive. I like, I like talking about movies that we like. Uh, I like liking movies. I think I just got to like movies more and not really care. Uh, I mean, not not that that I care, but more like just just say my opinion. I don't give a crap. I don't care. I don't like your opinion. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. I don't like your movie opinions. I think that's a good way to have it. It's the same yeah. with looking at reviews and everything like that. Like your opinion should be your opinion, and you shouldn't be swayed as much as to be like more negative because no, I'm not saying more that. I'm just more like, ah, oh, film bros suck. You suck, dude. This is such a stupid. You're so I, was, I was expecting you to just crap on poor things, and you were just like, no, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I have to look at the bad movies that I don't like and just see the positives in them and rate them based on even though I didn't like them, what I didn't like about them. Yeah, but when we fight, it's the entertainment, you know? Oh, we'll we'll fight a lot in 2024. You think so? Of course we will. That's what we do. (laughs) That's why this is The Cinemates. Cinemates. Uh, (laughs) Wow, that was really special. Um, Looking forward to this year, there is a lot of stuff that will be coming and coming out. It's the year of prequels. So I think that uh, I should give you a little bit of a wrap-up or a uh, a preview of what's to come in a later episode. How's that sound? I like it. I think we should go through that. As for what's coming out this week, quickly before we end up things, we went from last week for like literally nothing. Well, Mean Girls is coming out in theater. Mean Girls, I don't know why I said it like grew. Uh, The musical coming out in theaters. It was originally supposed to be on streaming, and then Paramount said, now nah, we're putting this thing in theaters, so we will be checking that out and giving you guys our review on that next week when we can. As well, The Book of Clarence, this is a kind of becoming like a little bit of a sneaky film that's coming out. I know you like your Christian movies. This is very coming stuff. out, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, that is a long trailer, by the way, that they show on It TV. is a very, very <laughs> long trailer, but I actually do like what I'm seeing, so maybe we'll yeah, be able to check cool. that out. The Beekeeper, we will not be checking this one out. No, thank you, Jason Statham. I'm not paying for your movie. As for TV shows, you want to watch Ted? There's a Ted prequel yeah, series. heard about that. I don't know who. Like I said, the year of prequels, Ted, a prequel series. That starts as on this week as well. Echo, this is the newest Marvel TV show. They're trying something new. They're dropping all episodes at once. So normally they do their weekly binge. No, they're doing all at once. So hopefully this is a sign that they're trying to either get out of the bad stuff by just releasing all at once or that this is a show that you kind of just need to watch all at once to get the best out of it. Who knows? I'll be watching that, bringing you my review on that later. As well, True Detective Night Country. Everyone loves True Detective. At least they did the first season. Uh, Two and three has not necessarily captured the love of that. Can this one change? Jodie Foster is in the leading role, and I have heard incredible things about the show, saying that it rivals season one. So if you have HBO, you should be very, very excited for that. That starts on Sunday, so you can watch that. And I think that is going to wrap up Cinemates for today. How do you think, Mike? For 2023, brother. (laughs) Yeah, even though we're recording this in 2024. 2023 is done. Thank you, 2023. It was a, a great year. Yeah, for us in general, too. Like We have been doing this for half of a year. And uh, we've been clear. Fun. We've grown in a year. Like I've listened back to our first episode. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, it's really <laughs> rough to listen to us talk to. 
Uh, yeah, and we're only sky's the limit from here. Let's go, we, baby. We, we, we may lose our studio, but we will. We will lose our studio. We, we can try to use it as long as we can. We will try. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening in 2023, and look forward to 2024. This is the Cinemates. I'm Michael Zay Collins. That's Jake underscore Stroll six on X. Follow us at the Cinemates podcast, also on X, and wherever you get your podcast, and follow our TikTok as well. Please feel free to comment positive things. Not so much. You're, you're preaching positivity. Preaching positivity in 2024. Let's go, baby. 2024, the year of movies. Woo! Let's do it. <laughs>